Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. wanted to take a, a moment here to do a special episode. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to end up being two parts, maybe. Uh, it depends on how Lana ends up being. But um, we had a very good friend of ours who recently passed. And uh, there was one week, a couple weeks back, we didn't post because um, we were grieving for her. And that kind of inspired our story tonight. Um she was a really wonderful human being. She she passed way before her time. So we just wanted to do a uh, episode that I think is helping us with our own grief. I know it's helping me. Yeah. And I bet it's helping you. And um, and the people who knew her that listened and, to our show, And the too. people yeah. who knew her. She was a huge fan of our show. She'd always listen. And we were the three of us were very, very close friends. So we're just um, doing something in honor of her. And so that means that tonight our story is about near-death experiences. And the reason we picked that is because all these people have come back and have said about what they've seen on the other side, which is where we believe our friend to be now. And That's so right. doing these stories just makes us feel better about her passing in general, that knowing she's being well taken care of and in yep. a much better place. Yep. So this is dedicated to you, Laurel. Yeah, Boardman, Laurel. Because I know you're listening. We miss you, somewhere. Laurel. <laughs> we miss you. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, let's all go ahead and start. Get yes. us kicked off here. Okay, so there are so many near-death stories out there that finding one that is even remotely unique is somewhat difficult to do. Um, so many of them have very similar characteristics. Uh, a few of those include floating up and out of your body, being surrounded by white light, feeling great peace and love, seeing a life review and or remembering the contract that you had for what you were supposed to do in this lifetime. Um, also, during your life review, you'll feel the feelings that you felt in the moment that you had those experiences, but you'll also feel the feelings of the other people that were with you, how you made them feel, how they made you feel. So you, you're having a lot of feelings up there in heaven or wherever you are, this other I don't know. Some people believe in heaven. Some people just believe there's something else on that other side. And some people don't believe anything happens. So anyway, these are just some of the things people talk about that have had these experiences. Um, some people say uh, that they will see and or talk to Jesus or angels or Buddha or whoever you think runs the show upstairs. <laughs> you see beautiful landscapes. I've heard a couple NDEs say that they saw a city made out of crystals, uh, which makes me think of Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. That'd be pretty. Mm -hmm. They see dead relatives and pets that have already passed. Um, they're able to communicate telepathically, which is super cool. Yes. Um, they are given a choice to stay or go back, or they are not given a choice and they have to go back. And a lot of the people that have these experiences 
once they have returned back, their whole life changes. They are happier. They're way less afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and they, a lot of times, will make radical new life choices, shifting their life to a whole nother path. Like they can make some profound changes in their life for the better, for the better. Science has never been a really big fan of near-death experiences, no. and many scientists, probably the majority of them, are not totally convinced that NDEs, short for near-death experiences, are proof of an afterlife. However, the International Association for Near-Death Studies suggests that between 5 to 15 million people have had near-death experiences. I, I believe it. Isn't that something? Yeah. I've, that is a I've, lot. I've known people who have had near-death oh, experiences. You have? have oh, you have? Have you? Uh, yes, but not, I wouldn't say a lot, but a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. And, and it's pretty remarkable that that many people across all cultures, um, you know, everywhere around the planet have had very similar experiences happen to them. Yeah, and many of them, you know, didn't have any faith or or uh, yep. or um, that's right that it changes religious that. beliefs yep. or anything like yep. that a lot of them um you know just were really shocked yeah i think that because of the sheer number of people some doctors are really starting to take a closer look at ndes and what is really going on there so for instance there's a doctor named sam parnia he is the head of the intensive care unit at Stony Brook University in New York, and he believes that when someone quote-unquote dies, their cells can still live up to 10 hours after their supposed passing, in which he believes that that person can still be resuscitated back to life. Yeah, I mean, it's a remarkable how many advanced um, techniques we have now for resuscitating people. Yes. And especially when the body is cryogenically frozen, um, that's one of the best ways to get a person back from a heart attack. Isn't because... that what happened to Walt Disney? <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that rumor that yeah, he, he's he under Disneyland froze, and yeah. he's frozen until and, they can figure out a way to keep him he, alive. Yeah, supposedly yeah. Michael Jackson has been frozen too. Oh, of course he has. But no, they're actually doing that. Like if you have a heart attack, mm. they're packing you in ice so that you know they can keep you cold and then they can bring you back and the tissues won't die and yes can, yeah yes so. that makes a lot of sense um this doctor parnia he's not sure where the consciousness has gone when people die but there are some questions and possible evidence that the consciousness does not exist in our neurons like we thought right but someplace else so if the brain does die perhaps our consciousness does not yes that's correct yeah so I believe that. Yeah, I think so, too. Another doctor named Dr. Bruce Grayson got very interested in near-death experiences when he had a female patient come into his ER dying from an overdose. Dr. Grayson had spilled some spaghetti sauce on his tie when he got called into the ER to resuscitate Holly. Yep, that oh. was her name, or that's the name I read, um, the patient who was overdosing. Dr. Grayson tucked his stained tie into his coat and buttoned it up, effectively hiding his dirty tie. When he finally got done treating Holly, he went out into the lobby to talk to Holly's roommate. As he was talking with the roommate in the hall, Dr. Grayson unbuttoned his coat and let his dirty tie hang out. <laughs> the, the next morning when Holly was conscious, he went to talk to her. 
Holly claimed to remember him from the previous night, but Dr. Grayson didn't believe that, as Holly had been unconscious the whole time he was with her. She explained that she didn't remember him from her hospital room, but from his conversation with her roommate out in the hall. She said that she saw him talking to her roommate on the couch and that he was wearing a striped tie with a red stain on it. She then told him everything that he and her roommate had discussed. Grayson was shocked. He could not explain how she could have known all of these details. This intrigued him so much that he started to study near-death experiences. He found hundreds of stories on the subject and eventually ended up publishing hundreds of academic papers on NDEs, and he even co-founded the International Association for Near-Death Studies. In 2021, he wrote a book called After, Cohen, A Doctor Explores What Near-Death Experiences Reveal About Life and Beyond. Isn't that great? Yes. Talk about a life change. doctor, like, taking this seriously and writing about it is amazing. And he, this article that I found um, on New York Post, he goes, there's a lot more stories I'm going to go in here, into here. So in Grayson's research, he found a man who had experienced an NDE when he was suffering from a severe case of pneumonia. During his NDE, the man encountered one of the nurses who had been taking care of him while he was sick. She told him that he must go back and that she was sorry that she wrecked the red MGB. Hmm. When the man was awake and was able to communicate what had happened, he told one of the other nurses about his experience. The nurse was so upset she started crying and left the room. He had finally learned that the nurse he had seen during his NDE had received a red MBG for her birthday. And when she took it out for a drive, she crashed the car and died. The man was technically dead when the nurse died in the car accident, so he had no way of knowing that she had passed away. Wow, that's so, so amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? Uh, Grayson has found that um, through his studies that neither heavy drugs nor electrical activity nor lack of oxygen to the brain cause these experiences. In fact, he said that patients given drugs when hovering near death had fewer recalls of NDEs. He also claimed that near-death experiences are associated with normal levels of oxygen to the brain, so a lack of oxygen was not the culprit. Grayson does not know what NDEs are, but he says, quote, there seems to be something that is able to continue after the body dies, end quote. Mm-hmm. He also said, quote, what's intriguing is here's an experience that a few seconds can totally transform someone's attitudes and behaviors for decades after they experience this. I don't know of anything else so powerful, which is so true. People who have experienced NDEs seem to be forever changed by the experience. They no longer have a fear of death, and when they return, they live their lives without fear. In 1974, Dr. Grayson had met a man who had committed suicide. His parents had died, and he was so overcome with grief that he decided to shoot himself. As he was laying in the grass waiting for death to take him, he said he was aware of being in a lush meadow of wildflowers. When he looked up, he saw his mother and father welcoming him. He recalls his mother saying, Oh, Henry, now look what you've done. But Henry was able to come back, and he told Grayson he no longer even thinks about suicide. He said, I still miss Mama, but I'm happy now that I know where she is. Which is really nice. Yeah. And it's nice, too, because, you know, I I grew up 
believing that people who committed suicide were going to a very bad place. So when I hear yeah. stories like that, yeah, I don't think it's it, true. It makes me happy to yeah. hear that they're not. Yeah, in that. Yeah, way. I don't. I don't think that anyone goes. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I really believe there's a hell. So there but are. Maybe. Yeah, there are real negative um, NDE experiences that people have. Yes. Um, and some people do feel that they've been in hell. But the thing about some of those are, are those people thinking they're bad people as they pass? And are you carrying that belief with you? Mm. And, you know, and some of these cases, they'll be they'll be grabbed out of that terrible place yeah. a few minutes later and sent back. So I've, I've maybe heard, it's just a self-warning right. of change your life around. I've heard too know? people will start to pray and yeah. that that will help them get out of a dark place yeah. and into a much better place. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, if you if you carry that fear and darkness with you, yeah. you're going to manifest that as your heaven. Yeah. Which then could be a very scary place. Sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, many people who have experienced NDEs said that they have totally changed their lives because of their experience. For example, a man named Daniel Brinkley had a near-death experience in 1975. Were you going to talk about Daniel? No, but, but you know I, the story. I know his story. It's, yeah. re it's remarkable. It is. It is. He was struck by a bolt of lightning. He happened to be on the phone when he heard the thunder rolling in. He told the person on the other line that he had to go, but before he, he could hang up, a bolt of lightning struck the telephone pole, crackled down the phone line, and slammed into the side of his head yes. just above his ear and then down his spine. Could you imagine that? It would be oh, so Jesus. painful. Ugh. So painful. The jolt was so powerful that, as he told George Knapp on Fox 59, it, quote, welded the nails of the heels of my shoes to the floor. Could you imagine having the nails of your shoes <laughs> welded down into the floor? And it threw him up in the air. He saw the ceiling. It slammed me back down. And a ball of fire comes through the room and blinds me. I am burning. I am on fire. I am paralyzed. Brinkley remembers watching his body be put into an ambulance, speeding to the hospital, and watching the doctors declare him dead. He awoke about half an hour later in the hospital morgue. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> imagine waking up in the morgue? <laughs> that That is such a fear of, like, you know, being being pronounced dead oh, and you're yeah. not dead. <laughs> and then you're in a cold slab of a room and you're like, what? Who are all these other people? Yeah, I know. But before he awoke, he remembers going through a tunnel, feeling the light, meeting a spiritual entity, watching a replay of his life, and then suddenly he was back in his body. He had been dead for 28 minutes, which is quite a long time to be dead. It took him two years to regain his ability to walk again. After his NDE, Brinkley lost his fear of death and started volunteering at hospice centers so he could counsel those who were about to pass. But Brinkley wasn't done. He had two more subsequent NDEs from two separate surgeries and had similar experiences. He said, if I didn't go to hell in the last four journeys, nobody's going to hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said, so when you learn you don't die, when you learn you're a spiritual being, you're not going to go to hell. That's enough to inspire you to change. Mm -hmm. After his several NDEs, Brinkley started the Twilight Brigade 
in which he ensures that no veteran will die alone, which I think is great. That is great. He himself has been with more than 2,000 people as they passed, ensuring them along the way that they were going to a better place. Many people have written books about their experiences and the things that they learned during their experience. Another seemingly universal tenet that comes out of these experiences is to stop living in fear. In an NDE experienced by a woman named Cherie Ame, a woman that was having problems in the hospital, she stopped breathing. Uh, she was able to see when she died that she had a specific theme that kept playing out over and over again in her life. And that she was shown it had attached to her soul. So every life she had, she had to deal with the same issue all the time. Oh, what was the issue? She didn't say. But she did say she was shown how to clear it so that she didn't have to keep re-experiencing the same thing. Hmm. She said when she came back, she became a completely different person than she was prior to her NDE. She said before her NDE, all of her decisions were made out of fear of what other people would think or what other people would say. But after coming back, she said she flipped the script and now makes decisions out of love. And that is so true when you read those stories. Yes. Um, people's lives just it's like they realize how important it is to do to live your life, not somebody else's life. Yes. Yes. Not somebody else's ideals of how you should live your life. But right. they, they become very authentic to who they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really does kind of put you very squarely on your life path and mm -hmm. fills you with purpose. Um, another experiencer was Nancy Rhines. She was a professed atheist. She had a near-death experience after she was pinned and dragged under a car when she had been out riding her bike. Uh, Nancy said she experienced a dual consciousness. She had one awareness of her body falling under the car and being dragged, and another awareness where she was watching the whole thing unfold from up above. Nancy went on to write a book called Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. A few days after her accident, Nancy had surgery and experienced waking up during her surgery and seeing a gorgeous hillside, mountain streams, and she felt complete peace. At first, she was confused because she realized she must have died. But then she thought, how can this be real? I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. That's so true. I like, love they're that. like, what? Why what am the, I seeing what this? What the hell is this? Yeah. I should be worm food. Yeah. This yeah. is not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. She said that she did. Then she, um, she claimed that she heard God say to her, You are my child. Welcome home. So, do you hear that, atheist? You still get into the party, even if you don't believe in the big G. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy said she came back because she found out during her death that she had agreed to have this near-death experience and that it was part of her soul contract. She was also told she had more to do and that she had to go back. Nancy says her life is very different now. She takes a lot more risks. She's like, I don't take risks with my body, but I'll take more risks in general. Um, she does not let fear run her life. Again, same thing. Fear was having too much of a say. And she's like, I don't care about that anymore. I'm here to do something. I'm going to do it. Um, she also says she is much more loving and she has a much larger capacity to love. Her life is at peace and she is filled with love and joy and faith. So, Carol, there is um, this YouTube channel that um, it's called Heaven Awaits, and um, they have really interesting people write in their near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, one of the episodes that I listened to, this guy had died in a car accident, and he said he was taken up out of the car, and he, I think he went to the universe. I can't exactly remember if he was in the universe or if he was in heaven, but the first thing he wanted to know is, is there life on other planets? Oh, that's a cool question. It's a great question, right? And immediately, he was told, yes, of course, and he was shown thousands of other planets with life on it. And then he was like, well, are these, um, are there more evolved beings um, on these other planets? And they were like, yes, of course, thousands of un- more evolved beings than humans on these other planets. He goes, can I, can I meet them? And so they zipped him to a planet. Oh my gosh, yeah, really? Yeah. And he said he talked to the, pe- the entities that lived on the planet and they were kind of surprised to see him there. And they were talking telepathically. And he was explaining that he was from Earth. And they were like, oh, okay. Um, he, he basically was like, I'm a, I'm a less evolved uh, entity. Um, and they were asking him questions. And they were like, do you still, uh, what do you eat on your planet? And he was like, well, you know, we have, you know, we eat. He kind of described some of the things that we eat here. And they were like, um, he goes, you know, we eat plants and stuff like that. And they were like, do you still eat things that used to be alive? And he said, I knew you'd like this part of the story. And he yes. was like, uh, yes, we do. And they were like, really? We didn't know that such unevolved entities <gasps> were still out there in the universe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> talk about a case being made for vegetarians and vegans everywhere. Yay. And that's what Carol is. She likes her <laughs> vegetarian cuisine. But they were kind of looking at him like, you can't be serious. Like, you're like, still eating other live that things. That is so funny. Yeah, they were kind of grossed out by that, I think. And then he wanted to see, um, uh, uh, are there life forms in the universe that are less evolved than humans? Of course, the answer was yes. And there's thousands of planets that have these types of lower evolved entities. So he got rushed to one of those planets. And, you know, I think it was kind of like, I can't remember now exactly, but I think it was kind of like... Uh, caveman type stuff you know yeah um but he was told though this part i thought was also pretty interesting that space is very big for a reason we spread you all out because you're not supposed to interfere with each other's evolution yeah you've said that Mm -hmm. in i forget what episode but you were saying that we're not meant to not come in contact with we're not supposed to meddle with each other's species because we are all here doing our own thing for a reason and we're, we're supposed to be spread out. That's why space is so big and that we never run into each other. Or, I mean, unless you believe that we've been visited, I believe we have. But maybe for our better good, I think it's from a higher evolved species from us that come here to make sure we're not trying to kill ourselves. I wonder if it's a highly spiritually evolved planet that's stealing our cows then. Yeah. Because if they're all vegetarian, I'd be up there. I'd be like, so then why do you need our cows and our sheep and our goats? What are you doing with them? Yeah. But yeah, that's another one of those stories that I found on that Heaven Awaits channel. Um, Very interesting. And he goes into a lot more other information. Like he was in a car accident with a friend of his and he sees her spirit and she decides to cross over he decides to stay they have they have a big hug 
and then they go their own their own way. Aww. But I really thought it was interesting that he had the wherewithal to ask that question. I think most people, when they have, it seems like most people that have near death experiences, they get there and they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And they're just taking everything in. And he's like, "Oh, by the way, is there other evolved beings? Like, what's the deal?" And then they're like, "Yes." Um, I saw another one too where the guy died. Now I can't remember if this was on Heaven Awaits or another channel, but he said that he died and he asked God why humanity was so dark and so doomed. And he oh. was shown a glimpse into every soul on the planet simultaneously. And he said that there was no darkness anywhere with anybody. So I don't know if he's being shown humanity through God's eyes. Yeah. Or maybe. if God really is like, no, there's nothing wrong with earth. There's something wrong with people. Uh, we judge people. We are the ones that assign anger and, and, and hate and all of those things, or we hurt each other. We do that to each other. But in God's eyes, there is, we are perfect. And this guy was shown there's nothing wrong with humanity. Why do you suggest they're dark and they're doomed? <laughs> so I thought that was also kind of an interesting. Yeah, um, I would not agree with that, but that's uh, yeah, interesting. But that's, I would, I yeah. would not agree with it either. But then you and I are here, we're in the minutia and yeah. they have more of a uh, superior view of everything. And mm -hmm. they look at us like, oh my God, they're so cute. Well, planet A versus planet B, you guys are saints over here. <laughs> yeah. You got to see we this still, other planet where I came from. We still eat our animals. Yeah. And if you listen to Carol's Grimm story, people too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, no, cut, cut that out. No, this Actually, is going to air after. Oh, this okay. will air after that. All right. Yeah, so you're I'm like, she's I'm, giving away I'm not too messing much. it up because it's, it's aired first. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Finally, my last story was pretty interesting, and I wanted to share it as it may have repercussions for the whole world. <laughs> oh, wow, Holly, yeah. that's quite the... We're going to end on an interesting note here. Quite the buildup. It is. Anyway, this story is pretty current because they do reference a little bit the Russian-Ukrainian war that's going on. Um, so the story begins where this guy said... He was in high school in 1991, and he went to a party, and he got shot. Two bullets hit his chest, and another one hit his bicep. That's some party. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, during the trip to the hospital, he left his body, and he traveled through the tunnel of light. He said he was overcome with the feelings of love and peace all around him. He said, think about the happiest you've ever felt multiply it by a billion and you wouldn't even come close to this and that's why so many of them don't want to come back exactly it's like you're like you're on a drug or something like you're so happy you're so high yeah and you're so loved i mean yeah i can totally see why you wouldn't want to come back um as this teen was floating around up in heaven jesus the big j himself came over to him he described Jesus as wearing a long robe, brown sandals, he had blue tinted eyes, he had curly hair, and a trim beard and mustache. Just as you may picture Jesus, I suppose, it sounds like Jesus has really good hygiene practices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus told this kid, James, that he was not dead, but he was in an in-between area where he should decide if he wanted to stay or go back. He and Jesus spoke telepathically to each other about James's options. Jesus told him that if he decided to go back, that he would make his future children very happy. <laughs> and with that, he showed James his three future children. And when he saw the three kids, he's like, well, I, I have to go back. I mean, oh, come yeah. on. I'm supposed to be a dad to these three kids. 
Um, Jesus showed him he was going to marry his high school sweetheart, oh. like kind of showed him his own personal future, what was going to happen. So James was like, okay, fine, I'll go back. But before he did that, Jesus said, well, I want to show you what to expect for the future of Earth. So he did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So buckle up. <laughs> no. Gosh. So he then showed James the fall of the Soviet Union, which had not happened yet at the time that this happened. Um, to James, the Soviet Union had not fallen yet. He also showed him terrorist attacks happening in the USA, like 9-11. Um, then he showed him World War III happening. But no, he said in the video, it will not come out of the current conflict that's happening right now. He said that what he saw was that North Korea and South Korea would reunite and then they would attack their large neighbor, which I would assume would mean China or Russia. And that's how World War III would begin. He could not tell in the vision if it would be a nuclear war, though. He wasn't able to see that. But he did see things being rebuilt after World War III was over and that countries were more peaceful and were no longer fighting over oil and stuff like that. So Jesus told James that he was showing him this to prepare him for what he was going to have to deal with on Earth when he returned. After James woke back up in his body, he miraculously survived the gunshot wounds, which, you know, I guess you could expect that he would. But as he slowly recovered in the hospital, he turned the TV on and he watched as the Soviet Union fell, just as Jesus had shown him it would. About 10 years later, he watched the Twin Towers fall on 9-11 after the terrorist attacks on the United States, just as Jesus had shown him it would. A few years later, after that, he married his high school sweetheart, just as Jesus had shown him he would. James and his wife had three kids, just as Jesus had shown him he would. Now James checks the TV every day to see if the Koreas have reunited. Kind of creepy. I mean, it's kind of chilling because if he's correct, and all of these things he was shown before they happened... Um, and we know if the Koreas get together, um, that could be a very bad sign for the world. That's something to watch out for then, because if, if all these if others have come true and you said that was, um, given to him when, what year? 1991. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is the last thing yeah. that he's waiting for yeah. to see if it's coming to pass. And you know, the I would have thought that would have been a good thing. The reunification sure. of South and Korea and North Korea. Anytime a country comes back together that's been split, is you would think good. But I mean, I don't know. Unless it's, I don't, I don't want to say that if they come back together, we're doomed. Maybe it's changed. Maybe that's not the trajectory we're on anymore. I don't want yeah. people to get freaked out by that information. <laughs> but it is interesting if his if he's correct and this is not a bunch of BS and he's basically saying I was shown all these things. All of these things have happened. This last thing has not happened yet. I keep waiting for it, too. That's an amazing story, Holly. I um, It just makes me want to hear more and more of these experiences. If you listeners have an NDE or, yes. um, you know, a similar story that you know that you would like to share with us, we're always welcoming that yes. with our email at firesidephantoms.com. It is up on Facebook, on yeah. Instagram. Um, we would love to hear. Yeah, him. we would love to hear if you've got some kind of crazy NDE to share or any kind of crazy miraculous angel story, whatever that's kind of giving you faith that there's something more when we die. It would be great to hear from you. 
Thanks, Holly. Thank you. And that start that's the ending of our part one. Uh, and next week we'll bring you Carol's um, set two. of stories. And thank you so much for listening. Good night. Good night. Dr. Grayson tucked his stained tie into his coat and buttoned it up. It's buttoned. I can't get that word right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exactly like how you want to be. Yeah. Okay. Really into the mic. Okay. I'm really into you, Mike. Get, Hi. get into your mic. Hi. I'm into it. I'm so into it. After his circle into ease, I should practice this. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.